inspired by the Canadian Federation of the Blind. Outlook, a show about accessibility, advocacy, and equality. I'm Brian. And I'm Carrie. And we're two siblings who happen to be blind. Outlook. On Radio Western. Happy New Year. Welcome back to Outlook for 2023. That's right, right, Brian? Yes, we're back in the new year. First episode of 2023. It's good to be back and still kind of adjusting to the new year. We're recording this one from home again and it's early January right now. It's January 4th that we're recording this. So it's always a bit of an adjustment care after the holidays and, you know, been busy with family the last couple of weeks and some stuff we'll get into on our next mixed bag show. But it's always a bit of Definitely. an adjustment into the new year, but uh, it does feel good to be back with a live episode. We had uh, a couple of repeats the last uh, couple of weeks, so it is nice to be back with a new episode of Outlook for you here in uh, the year 2023. And thanks to everybody back there at Radio Western listening and University of Western Ontario and as a podcast, as we're always up after the fact. Uh, thanks for tuning in, everybody, and we're looking forward to another great year on, with the show. And uh, we got some great guests to kick it off. But I did want to quickly mention that we are recording this as a pre-record on January 4th, which is World Braille Day, Louis Braille's birthday, the inventor of Braille. And uh, Braille Literacy Canada is uh, putting on some events all month long, not just today. Uh, they're calling it a celebration. <laughs> it's a bit <laughs> of a mouthful to gear, get around there. But yeah, so they're offering a bunch of stuff. So if you go to Braille Literacy Canada, you can find out more about that. But on this show, we always promote Braille uh, as we are Braille users. And we just think it's important for literacy for the blind. And it's relevant as ever in 2023. Totally a topic we always want to talk about, but especially during Braille Literacy Month, it's um, more important than ever. Yeah, but let's get into our guests today and we can talk more about Braille as the month goes on. For sure. So uh, some really great guests lined up for today. Actually, we've had both of these guests on our show individually in the past, but never together. And it only makes sense to have them on Together Care because they both host, also host a show together um, through AMI, Accessible Media Incorporated. So we'd like to welcome both Kelly and Ramya to Outlook today. Uh, welcome back to the show. Morning, guys. Good morning. Appreciate you having us on. Appreciate the invite. Happy New Year to everybody out there. And I'm a slow Braille reader. I do read Braille. Was happy when I had to learn it at school, but <clears throat> never been the most proficient at it. But certainly over the years, I've seen them, the value. As so many people have said, oh, oh Braille's dying. And we know fully oh. well that that's mm -hmm. not true. Yeah, I appreciate yeah. you sharing your thoughts there, Kelly, because it is one of those things that I think it's like, can be similar to, to reading print in a way too, where, you know, not everyone loves reading, not everyone's a super confident reader, but it's, it's having that skill and at least having, knowing it the best that you can and using it when you can is, is, is important, at least that it's still taught. So yeah, the, the options too, right? In life, there's times you're going to need, and at least me being a little older <clears throat> than you guys, it's that time period where I knew this is what I have. This is my option. I'm learning this computer thing. I think when I resented it the most was just when they told me, you're too slow as a print reader. We're going to take you off that and teach you Braille. Hmm. And it set me back in school. But at the end of the day, in reality, 
it advanced me ahead because it, it set the stage so that I could accomplish so many other things yet to come. And how about you, Ramya? Oh, I was going to say that my Braille experience has not been the same as Kelly's. And uh, actually, I was discouraged from reading Braille, learning it at all, because of the complete opposite. They were like, you can read print. You're good. You don't need to learn Braille. Um, and I remember thinking, uh but I probably want to. And that was at a very, very young age, like beginning of my education. And then later on, uh, when I was a teenager, I did pick up Braille myself and uh, taught myself grade one Braille because I just thought it would be a good back pocket skill to have. And of course it is. And um, now I'm actually in the middle of learning grade two Braille. So I'm I'm excited to see the kinds of maintenance that people do for themselves to keep up with braille and then also as you pointed out carrie it's never dying it can because all of our giant technology um uh, bringers like apple and others are making sure that they're putting braille into their tech so it, it just keeps advancing as we go forward yeah technology it's it's creating a whole new world for braille readers and users and all the possibilities and like Kelly said, the options out there for us, uh, these electronic Braille machines. And as you say there, Brian, you use Braille uh, on your iPhone. <laughs> it's hard to explain over the radio, but uh, if you ever bump into us in person, listeners, we can give you a, a bit of a demonstration. Uh, but yeah, I'm sure you can find out more about it if you look it up. It's just so cool that it's it's mm -hmm. everywhere if, you, if you're looking for it. And that's great, uh, Ramya, that you're learning it more now as, as, you, as, as well. Uh, it's very relevant and current there. Um, if they, but, uh, if uh, they had yeah. told me I didn't have to learn it like they did with Rumya, I, I would have fallen for it. My family, yep. I hate to say, my parents probably would have too because in their minds, if I kept using large print, it kept my eyes working and mm -hmm. it might prolong. They, they had no idea that it has nothing to do with it. Um, but what the teachers saw was you're too slow education-wise and when you go for a job later on, this will hold you back trying to use the print and i just oh no but i want to go run around and hang out with everybody i don't want to take this time and i think that's great what you're talking about brian using um the iphone Browse because input. billy does too um bill who works on our show he he uh uses it the same way loves it and when i first heard of that option rummy i'm sure you felt the same like yep. wow what a way to incorporate people who just want to make that switch and use what they're familiar with in the way that they most they type faster Mm -hmm. Yeah, Braille screen input, I would say, is one of the most innovative things that Apple has done in the accessibility realm. And um, when we were first hearing about it, and that was with Tom Decker on our show. Years and ago, though, right? Yes, yes. And at that time, like people weren't sure, weren't necessarily trusting that this could be a usable uh, feature. But it is mind-blowing. It's absolutely incredible how they've taken uh, Braille and just the original typing or writing of Braille and said, yeah, we'll implement that right into the system. Yeah, I actually learned about the Braille screen input on, on the iPhone back in, in 2018 when I was at the National Federation of the Blind Convention in Orlando. And somebody there told me about it. And at first I was just kind of like, what, huh? How does, what are you mm -hmm. talking about here? Yeah. And then they tried yeah. to show me. And even that was a little tricky because it, it's such a small phone still. And you're trying to do put your hand over someone else's hands to figure out how they're doing it. And so, it, it you know, it's it's like so many skills where it took me quite a few months to really get c confident with it. Um, but now that I do use it, it is it is pretty amazing. And I'll just briefly give our listeners an idea 
So pretty much you, you turn into this, this mode on the, on the iPhone where there are six spots on the screen that you can use your six fingers for the, for the six dots in a Braille cell to type in Braille, which compared to using, you know, prior to that, I would either have to dictate or I could type on the keyboard, but that's extra slow because you have to find all 26 keys uh, in, the, in the alphabet on, on the keyboard on the screen. So, you know, when you really think about it, the Braille screen input makes a lot more sense, but it's like any skill. It takes a while to kind of get used to the coordination and, and using your six fingers together on the screen and holding the phone properly and all these things. But uh, it, is a, it is a pretty neat, neat feature and definitely great to be talking about during... And uh, private. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, nobody would know what you're uh, what you're writing. They just see a bunch <laughs> mm-hmm. of braille dots on the screen. Yeah, it's like the mix of um, using a slate and stylus and brailing. That that's what I yeah. thought about when it was first explained to me. The yeah. old character by character, dot by dot. Right. Yeah, it's like having a brailler built in on your iPhone. You can yeah. turn your iPhone into a brailler right yeah. there, and it's like. Uh, you know, all these technologies that are so um, incorporated and it doesn't get enough attention. You guys are right. It doesn't get enough promotion. Uh, people use it, but it's kind of an underground thing. I don't know. It's mm-hmm. it's known about in the blindness community, but it's also, it's like the best kept secret almost. I don't know. Um, but I remember yeah. sitting with Tom Decker in 2018 at, uh, at uh, someone's house there in London, Ontario there where Brian and, and uh, Kelly are um, and talking about it. And it is a, tr- a skill you got to, work on and brian is a lot faster than me yeah and i mean it it is the fact that you know you mentioned tom decker and i think he was he was also putting together some sort of how-to guides for for iphones and and stuff like that where it is the fact that these things are out there but it's trying to find the the proper lessons and you know we get you can get this thing in your hand but a lot of people still do need some assistance to kind of figure out how do you do these things and braille screen input it was sort of an you know i had i don't know when it was actually introduced probably not back in 2012 when i got my first iphone but you know, probably before I ever knew about it. And when I, you know, it's because it just isn't talked about that much. So it's great that we're talking about it here on, on Outlook. I think it was around 2015, 2016. It, it's been a while. It's been um, a while. Because I know Billy was using it for ages. Uh, also, uh, it's the speed. When you sell people on how fast you can do something, it's that first initial, oh, I don't know if I have time to learn this and get practice it and get better. That kills mm-hmm. us. Because you're still merging two completely different concepts, right? You're yes. you're merging the uh, the iPhone, the touch screen, the um, potentially the screen reader, and all of these other things with something that people like we've all been saying thought to a degree was dying, and that's Braille, right? And which is such a tactile mode of communication. And you're taking both of those things, or Apple has, and put it together in this really beautiful form, and they thought out the method so uh you know accurately to say yes you can do this and yes you can do it quickly and and very well um but it takes us a while to get on board with that Mm. and switching back and forth right if you're writing a text you're using your braille and then you go to open up something you want to listen to a station your phone yeah you're going back to the original so people start well it seems cumbersome and no it's not if you open a text and start dragging your finger around for first letter navigation or whatever you're not in the first letter navigation but for navigating your your keyboard it's it's the same thing except if you know the braille and once it switches back it's faster yep yeah and then that's not even to, to we're not having even brought up short forms where you know no. you can type the letter c and in, in braille that's the word can so it's it, mm-hmm. it in a lot of cases it's probably even faster than texting when you can see if you're really quick with this with this, this so. method because yeah it's it's yeah. it is pretty incredible 
And you can search your apps, right, Brian? By just yeah, on the on the uh, a few commands on the main home screen. Yeah, if you go into Braille screen input and start typing the first letter of an app, it'll bring up just a list of those apps. So if if you have a lot of apps on your phone, especially that's also a nice little <laughs> like feature, me. So. Yeah, yeah, like Carrie. Yeah. <laughs> Five pages. <laughs> yes, <laughs> full of apps you don't even yeah. use, like over half of them, but they're there oh, for a rainy yeah. day. You never know. But, but yeah, uh, it's great to have this discussion on Braille to start the show and. Uh, you know, we just launch into this, which kind of reminds me of the thing we've done when we've appeared on your show before, uh, uh, Kelly and Ramya, the sort of a roundtable discussion. So we're here to talk to Kelly and Ramya today about what they've got going on, their new exciting things for 2023. But it's great to start the conversation, just jump into a, about Braille, because we're all involved in different ways and we all have different histories with Braille. And like you said, Kelly, we talk a lot on the show about walking that fine line between blindness and sight and and blindness is a spectrum and you know i had low vision growing up and you know it's the same thing depending on where you go to school and who's teaching you have different people telling you 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 know use your eyes if you still can don't you know don't read braille focus on print and then all of a sudden your your eyes do you know worsen a little bit and then you're you're really needing braille so yeah it's 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 great to hear everybody's perspective on that all that whole thing yeah, it's we hang on to what we're comfortable with. We don't like change as much as everybody says, oh, this is boring. It's the same thing all the time. But we don't, as human beings, generally love change because it mm -hmm. means adapting. It means taking time. And how do you convince a, a kid at 11, oh, you're too slow with this large print. We have to move you to Braille. Oh, leave me alone. I want to go run around outside. Yeah, yeah. it's interesting you say that, Kelly, because I think the same thing. Sometimes uh, technology has brought us these options and brought us other ways to do things and go back to um, having these choices. But maybe a lot of the times it's us who are like, I don't know if I'm ready for that change yet. Well, it's funny. I've been thinking a lot more and more these days. And, you know, I'm in my mid 30s and I guess I'm starting to get a bit older because back when I was younger, anytime I heard about new technology, I was always excited. Oh, what does this do? I want to figure this out and all this. Whereas now, if it works and it's and it does what I needed to do. That's all I care about. And it's hard sometimes to get inspired to check out more things, even though mm. ultimately that might result in a, you know, more things I can do or things that I don't know about that would really be awesome. But it's, yeah. it's hard to keep that interest, I think, sometimes. But there's so many options now versus how many times years ago, even, in, you know, I mean, I, I say the whole age thing, I'm a little older. Oh, we had no options for anything. But in all fairness, when you guys were 15, 20 years old, it wasn't that long ago that we had, here's one thing you can do if you have a disability, you're blind. Yeah, this works for all of you. And this is all there is for all of you. Well, now we have Android. We have iOS just to talk about our smartphones that, yep. that have accessibility. Televisions, multiple types that have accessibility. So then you look for the one you like the most. Yeah, no, that's a great point. Back then, you know, we traveled, we grew up, grew up uh, near Woodstock, Ontario. So we'd travel to London to get some products and we'd, you know, we'd come all the way you know, 40 minute drive to London to get a Braille and speak. And then that's all you'd have with you. So you'd sit down and that's the only thing you had to learn. So you'd, you would focus on that. Whereas now when there is unlimited selection for things, then it's, it can be a little bit overwhelming. Yeah. And they cost a fortune. Yeah. Yeah. That doesn't help either. Yeah. I was reading somebody's post about Braille for today and Louis Braille's birthday and talking about how Braille displays now are so necessary yet, you know, they're still too expensive and it's unfortunate yep. that more it's getting in more and more hands but it's still not as, as accessible for people as it should be uh, and of course that's that's always a barrier that we need to work around if we can but yeah thanks for having this discussion with us and 
uh, as we say, we've had both of you on before, and we will put uh, your previous each of your individual episodes in our our notes for this for the podcast for this show. Uh, if people want to check out, you know, an hour for each of you. Um, so I do want to get a bit more of each of your backgrounds before we talk about what you guys are going to be up to this year, just so people have um, a bit of knowledge. But we obviously, if you want to hear their whole sort of story, um, then check out their episodes, their individual show episodes without look. Um, but it's always great having you guys on. Yeah, no, it is great. And like I said, it's great to have you both on together because both Kelly and Ramya do host the show Kelly and Company which has been on AMI Audio. Kelly can tell us here in a minute a little bit more about the background, but for quite a few years now, and um, the big news that we'll be getting into is that it'll be launching on AMI-TV coming up actually on January the 9th, which is the day that this episode will be airing. So when you're listening to this, you can check them out this afternoon from 2 to 4 on AMI-TV, and we'll get more into detail about that. But maybe start with Kelly, and if you could give us a little, just some quick background about yourself. As Carrie mentioned, we already have the full episode with you giving very detailed background so people can check that out. But maybe just a quick background and then kind of how Kelly and company started, because I know that, uh, you know, Rami has been there for a few years as well, but I believe you started there um, there before her. So maybe if you could kind of start us off here. Okay, sure, Brian. Thank you. Um, I've been at AMI for over 20 years. I've worked in production. I've worked as a coordinator dealing with volunteers that would record content. And then I moved into the TV side, was the first reporter for TV and, and was what my title at that time was National Reporter. So I ran all over the place to do stories and I had no TV background. So I kept telling them, you'll have to teach me what I'm, oh, it, it'll work out. We We will. Uh, so there's a lot of content out there that I'm sure looks kind of, you know, that that I that I had been a part of and would cringe is very cringeworthy. Um, but as time went on, uh, I got into hosting Blindsided, which was a show of mine that I did on on uh, AMI TV uh, for three years. Went out and did different things, and uh, you can find those on YouTube if you if you choose to, uh, or a good I think two thirds of them at least. And it was our first foray at AMI into working on embedded description. So we didn't have the voice of God for two of the seasons, as some people you know, uh, would, would call it, um, which was that speaking voice that told you what was going on in, in traditional audio description. Uh, we would incorporate it within what we were doing in the script and in the show. So with that being said, uh, then uh, as that wrapped up, I was approached to host an afternoon show. Now, this was after the launch of the morning show uh, that AMI-audio had put out. Uh, This was February 2016 that that was out. And it it was, you know, a good time, a very interesting uh, time for AMI-audio because it started putting it on the map. Well, to get the opportunity to host a show, which we I did. We launched it, Kelly and Company, um, and Ramya then, uh, about seven months in, joined the program. Um, she did not start the show with me. Uh, Sharon Caddy did, the prior host. And then yeah. Ramya joined um, out fresh out of school. And we just love the fact that Rumya was what I always, what did I used to call you? The five tool player, because she had everything, the knowledge of everything, the broadcast course, the background, a, a parent. And she can, I think she's explained that here on the show before, who had, uh, you know, had great vast experience in broadcasting. So she joined on and uh, we had, have had a tremendous team 
uh, since the beginning. Um, Matt Agnew, who is now our senior producer as we moved towards uh, the TV uh, launch, um, he has stepped into that position from our technician and has been just tremendous as as the technician and the technical producer, uh, taking us in so many different places sound-wise and what we could do. We've always been a team to be creative. Jeff Ryman uh, right in there too as Ramya's co-producer and now Jeff becoming the video director, but um, actually, we're doing a whole bunch of switching around, so mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> I won't get into all that because it'll get staff to, changing, yeah, uh, yeah, and, and and growing, and as as the mm-hmm. team grows to to accommodate the TV needs. So, really, for me, it's been a privilege to have a show. Um, uh, and and people have asked me, how do you feel about it being called Kelly and Company? Well, really tremendous, a real honor. But mm-hmm. along the way, of course, you you, you get this co-host who becomes spectacular. And this co-host who augments the show brings to the table her experiences. And one of the things that we thought was so cool uh, was we can't we come from somewhat different walks of life, but are so similar. Our eye conditions are the same. There's so huh. many, uh, and the way we manage the show in screen reading use um, to 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 read our scripts, there are similarities. Yet we both get involved in our communities. Um, I was quite happy when I, we were able to move the show to London in the sense of. I can work from London. Ramya can work from from home. And this was pre-pandemic. She would go into the studio and then with the pandemic, do it from home. And for what we're going to be doing when we launch the new show, which we'll get into, um, I'll I'll let Ramya pick up the ball from there for Ramya. Sure. Thanks, Kels. Yeah, I mean, I have had a blast for the last five years uh, on Kelly and Company and now moving to... TV simulcasted on AMI audio as well as Kelly and Ramya. I think we're just um, excited to open a new chapter and continue with the kinds of things that we've been doing on audio, bring that vibe and energy to TV and uh, still maintain all the different intentions that are important to us, right? Like the representation of our community members, blind and low vision and people with disabilities um, joining us all the time and sharing their voices, their stories, their truths on our show. Um, and of course, two hours of absolute variety content, which is what I enjoy immensely. Day to day, Kelly and I were always saying that we were learning, we're in school, we're literally there just taking notes because people are sharing kinds of information and content that is uh, just every day something new for us to take in and new perspectives as well. So uh, I just love that. I love the inclusivity on the show. And that is one of the things that we are um, excited to bring to a new platform, if you will, and keep spreading it and keep having more and more people, new people and existing uh, people join us on the show because it's just something that honestly and truly we enjoy doing we uh love bringing our special content like back to basics our uh, holiday show like our christmas party that just happened and other things onto the show and and knowing that we have the support of not only each other like our team but community members who are excited to take part in that and support in whatever ways like uh sharing their voices so that's just something that I'm looking forward to just basically continuing what we're doing, um, but expanding the platform and where and how we're doing it. So you're the company in Kelly and company. And yes, of course it's when you, if Kelly starts the show before you came along, it's, it's the whole thing I think about with branding all the time with having to pick a name for like even our show. And, and then sometimes things change and it's like, is this name still work 
does it still work? And if you you can possibly make it work, uh, then that's great. And the way you two have just become a team, you would think that you were always a team. And as Kelly said, you've been at, at AMI for 20 years and Ramya, you have some background or in your family of broadcasting, but you both uh, just fit together seamlessly as a team. And I'm always interested in those kind of dynamics, um, I think. Yeah. Well, it's lovely of you to say that, Carrie. And I think that it's really hard to um, fake chemistry, right? Like on and off air, we're really good friends and our whole team is like that. We have an amazing dynamic and we care uh, so much about each other. We respect each other's thoughts and perspectives and what we bring to the show is just so valuable in each other's eyes. So I think that that makes a huge difference on how you connect as a team, how you connect to going to air every single day. Uh, and then of course, how we connect through this gigantic transition, um, of, of going to TV and, uh, really like it's, it's been a whirlwind of a year last year preparing for this launch. So um, having that kind of support is super important. And like you said, because we've built that over the last several years, uh, it's made a huge difference in, at least for me, how I view going to this uh, through this change. I just wanted to clarify as well. So are you, are you still using the name Kelly and Company when you moved to AMI-TV then? Or is it now Kelly and Ramya? Kelly and Remy as we moved to TV. Okay, that's what I thought. And it, 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 you make a good point, Kelly, like where originally when you're, you're the original host of the show and then you get a new co-host at first, you know, maybe that name works. But eventually over time, you do realize that you both add so much to the show. And it's, it's kind of like when Carrie and I do a show where I'm kind of the one operating the board. But um, so in some ways, I kind of feel like I'm the host, but really we're both the host equally. It's not. And, you know, that's why the word co-host is kind of weird because it's we're, we're both equal in these positions. We're not, it's not like one of us is the main host of the show yeah, and the other just, one kind of just, just the host. hangs out in the background. So It was interesting too because the subject came up. We had a whole bunch of names to name uh, what became Kelly and Company and none of them included my name in it. And it was oh. actually at the request of a VP. <laughs> so they kind of, uh, we say request, but it kind of leaned to, oh, oh okay. Um, and he had some points as to how come he wanted that name, because that was the argument that, well, what if down the road, and we obviously assume and hope that whoever is co-hosting, that's what the title is, your co-hosts. So to me, it's equal billing, equal, you know, sure, one may do something more than the other, like you were saying, Bri, but the, the idea is, you know, that person is going to be as equal on the show as the quote main host unquote and and i say that very loosely um yeah R ramya was co-producer had other things to do so maybe i took a little more of the handling of the show the actual workings and the running of the show on air um to kind of take some of that off her plate but one has to balance that and be sure that the other person doesn't feel shifted and then when you go throwing a name like kelly and company you know so definitely it, 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 it's deserving. It, it has its pitfalls naming a show like that. And uh, as much as, you know, we, we love our show, we all have our format for it. Um, the, I think the only negative is now anywhere in branding. You just got to kind of step back a few steps and rebrand. Not impossible. Absolutely doable. Will be done. But our also main message to people is it's still the same show. We've changed the name. We are moving to TV. 
we need to still have that feel of you out there, listeners, uh, the company, the contributors, the community reporters that, that come in to the show every day. They are all the company. It, it's underspoken because it's their show. It's the, the, the listener and now viewers show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, for us, it's a sibling thing. And, you know, for you too, it, it feels like that often. Sometimes, you know, what kind of relationship you do have on air, off air, and how that, like you say, Ramya, you can't fake it. And for us, there's some sibling squabbles sometimes, which is, I think, <laughs> part of the charm of our show. Uh, but, you know, I don't know how much you feel like that ever comes through with you guys, but how much, you know, you when you do disagree, because like you say, coming together seamlessly and whatever you call yourselves and however many roles you each take on and, and, and how that fits in with the, the whole overall feel of the show. Um, you know, there's going to be disagreements sometimes, but uh, you can do it uh, with humor and with some grace and, uh, and people can really respond to that and you can f- make a connection with your listeners. Gary, you say it so beautifully and I don't know how graceful we are with our disagreements, <laughs> but definitely if you listen to the buzz with Bill, which is several times a week on Kelly and Ramya, um, it's like, they're definitely, you know, whether it be topics or perspectives or just like, you know, I, I don't think that this is the way that I view something, um, we definitely show it because it's live, right? Like live radio and two hours of it and all kinds of conversation will lead to um, disagreements. And and I think that also is a huge learning opportunity, you know, to, to hear somebody else's perspective that can be completely different from yours, especially coming from the spot where Kelly and I have, you know, similar vision conditions um we see eye to eye in a lot of things and we give the floor to everybody to each other and to everybody else so that comes with the understanding that people will disagree with you Mm -hmm. and understand that there's many different ways to accomplish something and because brian does something a certain way and because you're siblings with a vision this you know issue yeah we're similar to yeah yeah, you're not but you're not the same people you don't have the same likes you're not gonna eat the same foods and the way that and and people can disagree and i think that's what we love so much it's we don't sit and talk disability all day. We talk experiences, yeah. life in general, and it's up to each person to adapt that to their experience, what they want to do, and take from our show what interests them. When we first conceived the show, I remember saying, there's nobody's going to sit here and listen to the show all like every two hours, every day or whatever, even if they're around to do it and you tie them in a chair and say, now you're listening. They're going to zone out. They're not going to be interested in every segment. We yeah. were shocked to notice that people did tune in and listen to the whole show. We we thought it was wonderful, but we put the show together with these different contributors, different subjects, hoping that it was a a lot of stuff being thrown at the wall and we'll see what sticks and everyone stuck. Let's throw some spaghetti at the wall and see what sticks. And wow. Kelly doesn't need spaghetti. No, no, no. no. (laughs) All right. Well, (laughs) I'll throw, I'll gladly throw it at the wall for you. It's my favorite. It's Brian's favorite meal. (laughs) (laughs) My dad used to love it, but no way. Wow. Well, this is great. And like, looking forward to the second half of the show today. Thanks for being our first guest of 2023. What do you think, Bri? Um, ready for a break here? Yeah, I'd say we go to break. I just wanted to quickly add that I do think it's great. You, you mentioned how your dynamic off air is, is also really, really good. And, and you, you feel comfortable around each other. Because, you know, I've heard so many shows in the past on radio, or I think about it in being in a band with people. If you don't get along when you're not performing or when you're not on air or whatever it may be, it makes it much harder to stay together. And you just don't notice that that seamless flow in the same way because you just don't have that same dynamic. So, of course, it's important on, on uh, these mediums to have a, a good connection with, with your 
host, no matter, you know, whether you're on air or, or off. But uh, yes, thanks again to Kelly McDonald and Ramya Amathan for joining us here today on Outlook. We are talking about the show Kelly and Company, well, formerly Kelly and Company, now changed to Kelly and Ramya will be now launching on AMI-TV on Monday, January the 9th, 2023. And we're going to take a quick break here on Outlook and we'll be right back after this. Outlook. On Radio Western. And welcome back to Outlook, the first show of 2023. Thank you for joining us. Happy New Year to everyone. And we have been speaking today with two returning guests. Actually, we've had uh, Ramya on uh, already um, a couple times now. Um, We talked to her about uh, accessible chocolate (laughs) boxes. Her favorite. Yes, chocolate. Um, But we also had Kelly McDonald on before. And so today we're having you guys both on. And thanks again for coming on, um, Ramya Amuthan and Kelly McDonald from AMI's Kelly and Company now becoming Kelly and Ramya. And we're going to talk about that here in the second half. So thanks again, guys. Thank you for having us. Always Mm -hmm. excited to talk about the show and uh, toot our own horns. (laughs) And I appreciate it because you've been um, patient with us this morning. You're our first guest of 2023. And it's just always slow getting into the gear in, in the new year here. And so we have technical things that come up. And so I know you guys know what that's like. You know, I'm sure you've had your situations being live on air when things happen and you got to sort of go with it, right? Yeah, that's an understatement. Like We've definitely had so much practice um, and and started building into the show how we would move to a backup scenario if something were to happen. And now we've have several in place, right, Kels, the individually together with the team um, to be able to just move to something else quickly if a guest were to drop out or if we lost each other or lost ourselves, you know, connection wise, because it's pretty unique in the sense that Kelly and I both are situated in our home studios and uh, in where we reside. And that means that there are, there's just lots of room for error, right. And um, connectivity and internet challenges and all of that. So we're basically constantly tweaking. Yeah. Right now we're in the midst of rehearsals as we speak. So, or what we call rehearsals, this was to be a three week period. And then with the uh, Christmas uh, holiday in between where we get a whole week off. Um, and there's just been different challenges that have come up. Um, as Ramya says, it, it's a, a unique style. This show is going to be done. Um, uh, we do have the backup of uh, the studio at AMI where a new control room has been built and a backup studio. So this was kind of what was part of the delays. This launch was supposed to be in September, um, but mm-hmm. the, the of course, uh, Russia's uh, attack on the Ukraine, um, that created issues for us. It's created issues as they were building stuff for getting things, but also mm-hmm. including we changed a software that was needed um, to, to execute things because it was not one we wanted to deal with Russia for. Um, So some of those political things got in the way. Um, We have found it. And again, this is our first time. As much as I've had TV experience, I've not had live TV experience. Uh, Kelly and Company, when it was launched, was supposed to go to TV at some point. Then there was a conservative step back saying, hey, 
maybe we better watch how much content we're simulcasting because obviously the CRTC hobby has has some opinion on that and how much of your programming you're doing that kind of thing. So um, AMI was cautious, but in the last few years, the discussion came up again. Um, the success of the show. Um, with so many people tuning into it because of this roster of contributors, reporters, and our team. The thing I wanted to say before the uh, the break, we have we we decide on things by committee. I think Remy, that's the the best way to say it. We, mm-hmm. we if three of us in the main team at that time, I'll work with the f- number of four of us. You know, kind of felt something was a, a great way to do. Um, Remy mentioned back to basics. Uh, things that we wanted to include, we we kind of went with that. Um, we we didn't necessarily we we fought our cases to to an extent, but in all reality, because we all thought so much alike when it came to what we classify as the Kelly and Company now Kelly and Rumya formula, um, and this was the integrity that upper management wishes to keep, wishes to preserve when we go to television, all creative being handled by us. So the control room I mentioned, the staff that that monitor that, they have their job to do, their things to do. Um, part of that, or no part of that, has to do with really our creative in the sense of who we're bringing on the show, what segments we want to have, what subjects we wish to talk about. That doesn't mean that marketing may not ask us or suggest a show or upper management might not say, hey, could you guys, would you consider? But we have been entrusted, and that's the work of this hard team. This team has been amazing working in our background, and at times we were not the leading network show. The morning show being the simulcast show uh, took a lot of focus um, and, and, and concentration because it was on both mediums. And now we're going to be in that position, a very cherished position, I might say it's, it's quite an honor, uh, of still being able to do our show provide that for the audio audience and the podcast audience and also welcome ourselves to meeting a new TV audience that hopefully as well will buy into what we called the Kelly and company way. Now, of course, the Kelly and Rumya way of doing the show with our team. Um, still the main core being together. Yeah. Kelly and Rumya formula has a nice ring to it. I think it does. <laughs> it does. I always say to Rumya, actually the show sounds better saying Rumya and Kelly. <laughs> it, it actually rolls off the tongue better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I just get thinking? used to something and then anything that doesn't that sound works. like that, it throws me yeah, off. Yeah. That's a lot of things. I mean, I've, I found that, you know, with going back to the band comparison, I'm kind of in music mode. I had some band practice, quite a few practices over the Christmas holidays. Um, but it's the same thing where a name sounds weird kind of in, originally. It's like, oh, I don't know about that. But once you hear it more and more, eventually you do often get used to it. And it's just the name mm-hmm. that you, you, you get used to. And that's the one that sounds best. But, um, but I thought it'd be interesting to get maybe a little bit of background then on how, if you could talk a little bit about how the idea came up, came about to move the show to TV. And we talk a lot about, about on Outlook. We've talked before about having video versions of our show. It's just, it's currently we're just up on two- YouTube or something. Right. Yeah. Like currently it's just the two of us doing everything pretty much. So it's a lot to take on. Plus I do like the podcast formula of just having the audio where it kind of puts us on a, on a level playing ground with, with people who can see because we're all just listening when it's a podcast, even though in some ways having a, a video version would be kind of neat. And I think, you know, we did do that for our one-year anniversary. We got someone to videotape that of us in the studio because it does give, you know, more of an interactive sort of multimedia experience to have both yeah. sound and visuals. So just maybe a little bit of background about how this came about through through Accessible Media Incorporated to do the television thing. And then how you're feeling about the adjustment because it is an adjustment to be video on video every day rather than just being audio. 
So I think mm. that's another important uh, point to p- talk about. So I want to just mention, and I'm going to hand this to Rum. Um, to, first of all, AMI-audio, we have to give shouts out because they have recently launched uh, five, oh, I should know this number, five or six podcasts of the podcast stable that are video podcasts on YouTube as well. They're experimenting with it um, and rolled these out, and and uh, I think they're very pleased with the result. Maintaining exactly what you talk about because our mandate is to to be accessible. So whatever these podcasts do, they have to have description. I'm going to let Ramya talk more about our methods for that stuff as we move to TV. I'm just going to address that they're there. They're the, interesting to check out. And you may want to do that, Bri, because it's, it is a, a thing to consider and how you preserve what you're talking about, the, that, that equal playing field, which is what obviously all AMI programming uh, has the mandate to do and the desire to do. So um, going back to upper management was approached by uh, Andy Frank, manager of AMI-audio. And the discussion with his boss was, you know, Kelly and company has really been doing a good job. We need to do something. We need to do something to make sure these folks know that this show is appreciated, which, of course, you know, we, we know people say and, you know, we appreciate that. Uh, so that went to senior management who simply said, well, let's put them on TV. So we would say, oh, wow, why the sudden switch? (laughs) (laughs) And in all honesty, as AMI changes, and this is no secret, I'm not telling tales out of school, um, AMI AMI TV has evolved more so where we're creating content and not necessarily going out and acquiring it um, and doing the vast cost of so many shows. They'll keep some shows, but a lot of content they're creating, um, the employable me's and, and, and shows like that. Uh, there's so much on there, um, fashion this and that people are being engaged by and, and these production companies are handling. So therefore it was a no brainer to them to say, well, let's get another show on that's current. That is popular. Let's put them on the video side. And because AMI doesn't have to, our main thing is staying descriptive, right? And that is really the one thing that we make sure we do and should with everything, right? So us going to TV doesn't change what the podcast is going to hear. Rum? Yeah, I wanted to speak um, more to the adjustment side of it because as you mentioned, Kels, we have IDV, uh, as kind of the the AMI approach, right, to description for blind and low vision consumers. And I think that that is going to be and is already um, the, the part that I'm in very, very invested in personally. And I think that on the team, we are also very invested in because as we move to television, our our show can really lend itself to the platform, right? We have um, our gardener, Susan Kearney, and our uh, chef, Mary Mamaliti, and just to name a couple of people who can really you know, tap into the the TV side in terms of maybe cooking demos or gardening demos or just showcasing tools and different things on camera and being able to speak to that. But with that comes, and, and still being simulcasted on audio, by the way, um, with that comes description and being able to fully describe something, fully um, bring the listeners and viewers in on an equal experience, if you will. And that means that we have to be creative as a team to um, 
still showcase this show as a TV show, but make sure that nobody's excluded from that uh, new platform. And that means that we have to be constantly having discussions and uh, feedback sessions on how things are not just looking visually with all the new visual elements that we're um, adding into the show, but also saying, how is that feeling for someone who can't see or who may have uh, low vision? who's experiencing this show. So it's just been a lot of consultation, a lot of fun, um, even just within our direct team, uh, being able to talk on, well, what does this sound like to you? What does this feel like to you? Does this include IDV? Does this conversation change now that we're on TV? And does that change mean that we're excluding uh, some of our listeners? And um, I don't know. To to me, that's really, really important. It always has been and still is as we move to TV. And it, if anything, it's more important now that we're considering these aspects and saying um, we want to make sure that our elements are thoroughly thought out, thoroughly feedbacked, and and continuing to be adapted to make sure that our audience is not left behind. And majority of our audience are people with disabilities and even, you know, different localities where you can't assume um, that somebody knows what you're talking about, you know, and really consider all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's important to, like, to think about all the viewers and listeners you might have and your audience and talking about the fact that your audience is people with disabilities. AMI-TV specifically has, as Kelly mentioned, a few of those programs that that are newer they have programs about all kinds of disabilities, not just blindness. And many yes. people have multiple disabilities, including deafness. Uh, there are many deafblind Canadians and, and, and audience members. Uh, so it's 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 hard to in- include everybody, but that's what we're trying to do more when we can. And it takes a lot of consultation, as you're saying, Ramya, to consider everybody from all these aspects. So it's a lot to think about. And um, I, I, you know, I appreciate having this conversation about what you, how you're how you're approaching that this year. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to add to Carrie to your your thoughts about um you know people with all kinds of disabilities joining us and multiple disabilities and just different life experiences as well and stages of disability, right? Yeah. Um that we're always learning. Like we're not going into this project thinking that we we got this, we know it all and we're going to make this a brilliant transition. Uh, there's mm-hmm. such a huge learning curve and I think that we're only scratching the surface of it. Um, and all the time we're having conversations with people um, on different teams like our IDV team at AMI um, and also just people in general to say, how can we make this better? How can yeah. we make this more inclusive? Because there's no way that we can go into this um, thinking, presuming that we have it figured out. We're just, it's a totally new platform. Um, and it's a totally different experience and our team is expanding, right? So even just the visual element, I'm learning so much about because I had no clue (laughs) how much went into creating visual elements and then adding on the IDV, adding on the audio elements, um, timing all that out and still maintaining our chemistry, still maintaining our our timing and our conversations with people and uh, supporting also our contributors through the transition who may not have experience with TV. Um, it's it's just a lot. So mm. it, it's, it's forever a learning curve. We had the stop and when we finished the last show uh, outside of the Christmas show, our last uh, show, we, Ramya and I, left the show talking about the things that we had to keep in mind we can't do anymore. (laughs) 
<laughs> and what things we can get away with with TV, such as checking emails and doing stuff when we we're doing the audio show, you could multitask a little more. But obviously doing a TV show, you're supposed to be engaged and paying attention. And, you know, you know that you're listening, you're working away. But these were so many things that as low vision and blind, you start saying, I wonder if people notice that. If I'm like typing, do they know? Do, if I, do I have the right look on my face? We've, we've heard from our contributors who are totally new um, to TV, just like us sitting there for two hours. I mean, people say to me, yeah, but you did TV before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I, I did segments. I also had a producer that was right in my, you know, let's take that again. Kelly, you had a weird look on your face or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, now we have people in our ear to say, hey, face the camera a little more uh, or center yourself with the camera a little more. And we're working on all that through these rehearsals. But there are so many of those things that were questions that you guys know as blind people. We're the ones going to ask that. And we have to be reminded because we think, well, I don't want to get on there looking silly. Well, but the sighted people don't either. And they're not necessarily going to know, oh, yeah, I guess you spilled some cereal on your shirt or something like that until someone says, hey, or their background is strange looking on, on there. So there are people always going to be there. But one of the things we've had to do is tell those people, remember, you're speaking to low vision people. And they don't need mom to call them up after their interview and say, why would they ever let you go on TV wearing that ugly shirt? Okay. <laughs> that clashed with ever. Oh, you look terrible wearing that shirt. There are so many little things, including rum and I's backgrounds uh, that we have to somewhat think about when it comes to what we wear. Uh, it's okay for someone to say, well, I don't like that shirt. That thing's ugly shirt on Kelly. That, that's okay for an opinion like that, but not if there's something that's totally distracting people uh, who can see. We think with the show itself, keeping it to what Rum and I know and, and our team and our contributors, we're not asking anyone to do anything different except if they bring an object, hold it up in, in whatever fashion they, de- they, they decide with before they go on air, that's okay, and give us a description of it. Just like anything you'd be talking about uh, on an audio show and have to tell someone what it looks like. We still want it treated in that fashion. The, the, the B-roll that they put over and, and things to augment, it, that is really for the stimuli of people who can see. Um, it's not to take anything away from the low vision blind audience because we're going to show, they're going to show things that we're talking about or that are related. And are they going to be necessary important for us to know about not necessary uh, all the time it's like when they talk about audio description do we need to tell someone that that's a 1978 ford product right does it matter to the story and yeah. if it does yeah you need to tell them if it doesn't you know they get into a four-door sedan <laughs> yeah well i think it's really neat all these all these points that you're you're mentioning here and of course i'm not even switching to tv and even though we've, we've considered having video at some point for this show, these are things that I've, some of these things to, to a point are things I've thought about as well. And you mentioned earlier how it's, it's not like it's a new show. It's still the same show. But yet when you do make a transition like this, it is going to change it a little bit and it is going to have a bit of a different feel. Well, the, the only difference being that, of course, this AMI-TV is for anyone, whether it be sighted viewers or low vision viewers, though I'm guessing you might get more low vision viewers than, than sighted. But either way, it is still hosted by people who are visually impaired or blind. So... In that case, you're already kind of used to that audio format. It's not like it's a total full-out TV show where it's totally different and, and all that. So I am really yeah, interested yeah. To, to check out the, 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 the show and, and hear you know, kind of how, how the dynamic is and how the, if I notice differences and, and kind of what the TV aspect brings to it, 
even though, as you mentioned, it's still simulcast on AMI-audio, which is pretty much where I listen, and I think I'll just let listeners know if they go to AMI.ca, they can catch Ramya and Kelly, or Kelly and Ramya, I guess is the, is the name you went with. Um, <laughs> I talked about that earlier, now I'm getting it the other way. Um, but uh, people can go simulcast that. And then for, for AMI-TV, what's the best way for, for our listeners to access AMI-TV? Because personally for me, not being able to see, I've never actually really checked out AMI-TV. It's something I've been you don't even have a, You don't have a TV. And... <laughs> <laughs> right, I don't have a TV, that's right. But I, well, I, know that, I know that there's the app. You'll be on the app? Uh, no. Um, no, okay. The app doesn't do, except clips and some digital shorts it's and all, stuff like that. It's not they, live. Yeah, there's no streaming there. The only yeah. way really are for people in Canada to watch it on TV via their their uh, cable provider or satellite provider which we are on pretty well everyone in the country. Yeah, you kind of have to check out where what what you have cable exactly. or Exactly. And you can do that channel? from ami.ca has all those listings too for cable for TV uh, for uh, AMI TV and for AMI audio. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the very interesting things that you mentioned, Brian, and I'm going to su- suspect you guys have the same. There are probably more sighted listeners to your show than blind. And pro- and we know for a fact for our show, because of the AMI audio being delivered on TV and the ratings that we have had, uh, I suspect very highly that it's a much larger sighted audience. Yeah, well, we're always trying to, yeah, it is. And we're always trying to promote your guys' show because, and what AMI does, and not just you, but everybody over there, audio and television, because we don't believe that enough people know about it. And and it's like these things that are, that people think are just for blind people, even audio description. It's like, if you want to be able to do something else, it's like listening to a podcast. You might want to put on some audio description and watch a show. If you're sighted, if you realize that it could work for you, it's not just for blind people. It's yeah. the same thing with AMI. It's it's great content and you learn a lot and you don't have to be blind to watch it. There's somebody going to yeah. check on that and, and we want to encourage people to. I've already had sighted people who watch AMI stop me and say, hey, glad to see that you're coming back onto AMI TV. And yeah. I don't know who the heck this person is from a hole in the ground, right? I, whoa, yeah, gee, thank you they, very much. They find you. They do. Yeah, and it's mm-hmm. absolutely humbling and, and flattering. You know, I, I remember shopping one day and a guy came up to me and said, hey, you're the guy from Kelly and Company. <laughs> and that was when we're the audio show. And I'm thinking, how the heck do you know? Well, it's the podcast and the picture of Rumya and I on the podcast. Right. That's yeah. how. That's how this guy knew. And I'm a little hard to miss. Promotional material and yeah, everybody, you, you have a look and, uh, and yeah, that's, I mean, this stuff all, I mean, we're coming down to the last few minutes, Brian, already. And like, like mommy said, you, we can even just, we're even just scratching the surface on some of this stuff because it really does, it does, I do feel this sort of topic deeply because of how I do feel more and more self-conscious, the more sight I've lost. Um, I used to be able to see faces and, and I used to see my own face in the mirror and the more I can't do that anymore, my brain is is picking things up in different ways, but I still wonder how I, I look to others and the idea of being on, on, on camera, the idea that we're just a podcast and a radio show does give me a bit of protection and yet we are out in the world as, as people. And so you're going to be visible. So it's, it, you have to, you have to deal with that. Um, so it really touches a nerve for me in so many ways to think about how you guys um, are are just putting yourselves out there again on 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 the television side of things and how that has to be considered. Uh, it's it's it can be complicated for me specifically as a blind person. I, mean, I don't know about you, the rest of you, but yeah, uh, it really does it does it does feel um, relatable to me in, in a lot of ways. 
Yeah, I'll use the word that Brian used earlier, which is adjustment. I think that there is um, a wonderful, trusting relationship on our team. We've even uh, onboarded some new members of the team who are just so uh, incredibly willing to to help and support. And that's anywhere from like, you know, how it just just letting us understand what's going on visually, right? So like how our outfits look with our background or understanding yeah. um what we're what they mean by tilt your camera up tilt your camera down or you know angle this way angle that way square yourself because you're totally right Carrie like these are things that I've never had to consider um or you know let alone practice right so day in day out 2 hours of being on camera being on TV focusing um because I still have some usable vision so being able to focus on the camera and on um posture is something that is uh, you know new and and has to be worked on as well but i think the support is generally the most important part of it and uh, you know along with us being two low vision hosts we have uh, numerous low vision and blind contributors joining us from all across canada as well as the united states so i think that just in in general like the rapport on the team um, it's it's a non-negotiable to be able to support the the disability community uh, through it. The biggest yeah. complaint you hear the lights, and mm-hmm. that includes the contributors who have to have lights at home. Those ring lights that have become so popular yeah. since the uh, I, pandemic. They, I think they just yes, kill people. All three of you here, you know, are more so visually impaired. Or Carrie, especially, you used to be able to see a bit more. And Ramya mentioned you have a bit of vision there, and I think Kelly, you do as well. Where for me, you know, it, it, it's, it's a whole other adjustment as well when you don't have any. And it's such a spectrum as yeah. we always talk about on this program. But I really do appreciate you both coming on today, joining us. The, the show Kelly and Ramya will debut on AMI-tv the day this episode airs on Monday, January the 9th, 2023. People can find it at AMI.ca. Or um, if you have TV, unlike me, and you actually have a TV, you can <laughs> you can check it out on Rogers Cable, Satellite, and pretty much any TV provider here in Canada. So thanks again. And I don't know if there's anything specific coming up you want to you wanna mention, sort of any teases, or people maybe just have to tune in at 2 p.m. Eastern um, during the week to, to find out what's coming up on, on uh, Kelly and Ramya. Well, we, we will, of course, segue into what we are. We will pick up the ball and run with it. And um, somebody might want to like tune in to win a prize, uh, a particularly large prize. <clears throat> I'm just saying. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Enticing. Thanks. Everybody tune in 2 p.m. Eastern weekdays on AMI.ca or on TV and check out Kelly and Ramya. And thanks again to you both for joining us here today on Outlook. Thanks, guys. Thank you both. Send us an email, Outlook on Radio Western at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at Outlook CFB. And on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Outlook on Radio Western.